But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn You look back and it's all in the past I'm dwelling on the thoughts I cannot say to you If I don't say the words then maybe Good evening, welcome to NUFC Matters. It's been light cameras action for me all week and it's light cameras action for Newcastle United fans as we go into the final game before the World Cup break with uh, Neil the Duke Mitchell, Steve Mad Dog Hasty, Steve the Reaper Wraith and uh, Keith Miguel Patterson. Um, and I've got to start with this, uh, Keith. I, I mean, people at home would be expecting me to start with this because... I have literally been working 14, 15 hour days, coming back to my mobile phone and just seeing lots of notifications with you and um, a, a well-known journalist who supports Manchester United, uh, who mentions a lot about our club. Gary Finnegan, first in the chat, says, don't mention Miguel to Keith. Um, it seems to have it seemed to have got off to a bit of a dodgy start, Keith, but then it seems to have progressed into a bit of civilised chat. I, I'm not sure where we're at, what's happened, what's been the cause of it. I haven't read any of it. So what, what's actually been going on? No, it doesn't, that didn't go for a dodgy start. He, uh, he put an article out saying that, um, basically saying that uh, Eddie Howe's success was a lot down to the fact that Newcastle had spent almost more than any club in the world. And I just put a tweet back out saying that would be less than Notts Forest. That's all I did. I just, you know, I just, that's a fact. You know, we spent 25 million less than that's for us. So I just said, what's, what's the bloke's problem? And uh, he, he, he came on board and uh, chatted for four days till three o'clock this morning. Um, and, and, you know, like people, people, I'd say anything. I mean, if people, uh, and then he started telling me what was happening in the car case. And I just thought, I just said, talk shit. Just, that did, that definitely categorically didn't happen. And, uh, and he was fishing around things. And, and then, you know, I, I just said to him, I said, you know, I won't be abusive because I've got no intention to be abusive to anybody. I don't like people. It's abusive online. But I was laughing a lot. You know what I mean? And I was, uh, I just, and I was, you know, saying tongue in cheek things to him, like, isn't Eddie doing a good job? And it, eventually this morning, he, he, he's, you know, he's blocked about 50 people a day. Probably hasn't blocked me. I don't know why. But he's, he's just, he was, I invited him to come on the show. I just said, you know, the lads, would love to talk to you to find out why you have a dislike towards us in Man City. And, and his whole point is he doesn't like state-owned clubs. Well, I said, well, we're not state-owned. He says, yes, you are. So no, we're not. I says, the, the Premier League conceded that point and that's why the table was passed. And I said, that, that's what's killing you, isn't it? It's eating into you. And I just, you know, I, I, was, I, I was on four hours last night. And to me, it's like when, I, when they were doing the takeover, I two nights when I went to bed. So it's, it's neither you know there for me to stay up all night. So I, you know, at three o'clock, he was uh, begging for his bed, and I was just saying, "Happy days, you'll see you later." And then he come on tomorrow today, and he was fine. You know, he's he's been he's he's blocked a lot of people, including Stuart. Um, but but you know, the the bones of it all is 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 his he's he's his two points is. He says he's proof that, or he's saying he's got proof that Man City's Abu Dhabi has um, got worse human rights since Man City took it over. And I said, I'm disappointed if it has, and I'm surprised if it has. I says, because I had a thought, um, you know, things would have improved. And I said, what well, my point is, is, is in, in Saudi, I hear from Al Waleed that it, it is improving and everything is, you know, going one way and it's going well. So we just, we, we just firmly disagreed. 
but it was polite and um, there was no obscenities used. Yeah. And 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 you know the the uh, the just I don't know I just I treat the bloke with respect, but I told him that a lot of the things he said was lies, and and then I said you you haven't got a clue you haven't got the first iota clue what happened on the takeover. I said everything you say is miles away. He's still buying the story. He thinks he think he thinks the Premier League signed it off after the behind thing went on. I said, it was signed off five years earlier. And and he he changed and he, he he went and then he started like sending documents to lads today. He did a lot of that today, but he, he must have been on. I mean, I went out today twelve o'clock, come back at three. He'd been chatting throughout with Newcastle fans throughout, so it was healthy stuff. He's a big anti Newcastle person. I told him that he's not a Man United support. He supports two teams, Bray in Ireland and also Suna, um in Spain. He doesn't support Man United, and I just said, why do you defend them? And he, he thinks it's different that uh, Man United accept funds from dirty sports-washing countries but aren't controlled by them. And I said, well, that's just a personal gripe you've got. So there was a lot come out in a lot of sense. You know, you, you talk all that time. He, he's quite intelligent. So, and I just said, do you fancy coming on the show? And I said, you know, I, I think the two shows that would happily have you on and, and I, I obviously get permission of Steve to bring him on here, but I would have thought that you four would, would have loved the crack. You know what I mean? Especially Mitch's you know, Middle East knowledge, you know, to talk about what really happens over there because there was there was an awful lot of guesswork that didn't coincide with what Stu Penman and what Neil Mitchell tell me. You know, so so when I was doing Steve, I was I was telling him, look, when I don't know something, I'll put I'll put my hands in the air. And and some of the things he said, I said, there's a guy who works in racist field said to me that um targeting somebody who works for a foreign country and abusing him because he's chosen a certain foreign country is equivalent to racism in law because you, you, you're having to go that bloke purely for the country he's picked. And if he, he, what you're saying is if a guy works for a company in, in America, that's all right, but if he works for a company in Saudi, it's not. And we, I just said, why do you target Eddie Howe? And at one stage, a lot of people piled on and said, look, why don't you just write an article about Eddie Howe? And I said, surely that's the route, Miguel. Write an article about Eddie, Eddie Howe and don't put any sports washing or any reference to the owners in it. And he said, no, I won't. He just, point blank, said he couldn't do it. He said, it's not him. He said, he said if he wrote an article about Newcastle, it would have to come with sports washing and, you know, dirty Saudi money and all the rest. And I just, I just said, I says, you know, best you admit it, but, uh, you know, and I corrected on some things. And uh, I just, I just, you know, I was having fun. I said, what was the score in the takeover? It was 1-0 to us. We, we, we've got it and I was sticking stuff in saying do you think we'll win the league and do you, you know I'm, you know, when, when Eddie Howe was announced the dear manager of the month and uh, Almiron got go, uh, player of the month and then he got goal of the month I tagged him in my post and then I just as our new found Newcastle supporter might want to congratulate us. but what he said was he said it was on a public post that Almiron was a very good player and and Howe's undoubtedly a good coach. That's that's what I got from him. And everyone was like cheering that he conceded that. But that was as much as I got. But I mean, it's four days. So, yes, been a bit mad. Four days. Um, and I say I can't really say anything about it because I haven't had any time to read it. But Mitch, I mean, you, you'll have stood back and watched it. I mean, I had a spat with Miguel during the old um, pre-takeover days. And... Um, Again, I, I just presented facts, you know, and, and, and I was well informed on what was going on with the takeover. And 
you know, it, it, I, I felt that he, you know, going over old ground here, yeah, I just felt he was a bit over the top and then, you know, came out with a, you know, a fairly, um, you know, uh, audacious uh, tweet, which, you know, I just thought I'm just going to block him and move on. And, and, you know, lots of people get involved. I had a similar one with, with Luke Edwards uh, during the takeover, but yeah. I don't, I don't hold grudges on these things. I just, yeah. I crack on. And if I'm wrong, I'll apologize to people. And I think, you know, social media, um, you know, can be utilized. And, and guess what Keith is saying there, that it, it seems as if it was quite civilized. I saw Miguel at the, um, Spurs game the day of the the, the, the day after you know the, the first game after the takeover and went over and we patted them on the back and we we exchanged words so you know it's for me it seems like water off a duck's back I think what happens is on these situations a lot of other people jump on it Mitch and I think that's where the problem starts and and I'm I am gonna I am gonna highlight one thing um this weekend. You know, we, we do have a laugh with the trolls and here. We put up, you know, we do Troll of the Week. I, I forgot to do it last week. Don't worry, I have got one. But when, when it escalates to something like this, um, this kind of tweet, uh, Mitch, yeah. it will be absolutely effing beautiful if Keith Patterson ended his time on earth right before Newcastle win the Premier League. United. Now, I'm not being funny, mate. We all know who this is. We know who, we know the, the group of people. And I don't, I'm not going to, not going to mention them by name. I don't want anybody to. But, that kind of tweet, right? We get that kind of tweet every every week. One of us gets attacked with that kind of thing. We've discussed it on the show. That's what happens when you end up having a sensible debate like Keith said with Miguel Delaney. And again, Elon Musk's took over Twitter. Maybe we we'll might see a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of common sense prevail and, uh, you know, some, something happened, but I doubt it very much. We're, we're stuck with this, aren't we, unfortunately, on our timeline. It, it does sometimes become difficult to have even a reasoned conversation when some people are so absolutely diametrically opposed and dug into the sand and entrenched in a line of thinking and use a rather um, despicable line of attack. And I could mention a few tweets aimed at me in the last few weeks and us as a group in the last few weeks. And usually I let stuff go and let it run off me back, to be honest with you. I kind of be arsed with stuff like that. I'm too old and I've been called worse by much better people. Um, and so... You know, it, it is one of those things. When it comes to Miguel Delaney and some of the journalists, we're back to this sort of murky, entrenched world of geopolitics and where are people getting the information from, which accounts are actually state actors in themselves and are stirring the pot one way, and then there's some on the other side that stir the pot back the other way. And it's kind of backed off with the way things have calmed down in the Middle East in relationships between the various countries. I'd love to know where Miguel Delaney gets his examples of the of Abu Dhabi having a worse human rights record since the takeover of Man City, because living in, in the UAE, I can tell you it's very, very different over the last 10 years. And frankly, if he's looking at things, for example, I know they did shut down a lot of terrorist cells here, and terrorism is an executionable offence here. And so, therefore, is he talking about that? Well, if you're going to single that out, that's the laws of the land. That's how they deal with terrorists here. We've got no control over that, and that's not necessarily a human rights issue. There's plenty of places in the world that have death rows that own football clubs in the Premier League. So um, that's a very difficult argument to, to bring up with human rights. All I say is better conditions for workers in general here. Um, they've introduced for the, for the construction workers, they've introduced um, during the, the, the summer months and midday break where they're not allowed to work during the 
absolutely massive glaring heat of the sun and it's reduced risk and it's reduced accidents on building sites and all sorts you know to, so to say there's worse human rights records here is quite amusing to, to me because just that, that that's factually incorrect if you ask me um but this is the problem we get into these areas and get dragged into these arguments when all we really want to do is just support a bloody football club and enjoy it and it, and it sort of saps some of the joy away doesn't it you know um but i think i think where, where we're coming from on things like this what we we'll have to do is just try and engage civilly at all times and when we've got a point to make make it firmly and fairly and with facts and not with abuse and don't stoop to that level. Mm. And and I think as a fan base, we're learning. We're learning very well to react and how not to react at times. And I'm very proud of her for that as a group. You know, um, I think there's still a lot of things to work on. Um, things like, I'm, I'm seeing people having a go, uh, new fans, Johnny Come Lately's again. Uh, it's just like the Keegan here all over again. Well, if you're going to do that, you know what? That's the price on the ticket of success, particularly in this day and age. <clears throat> and particularly in this region where everybody wants to jump on a, jump on a winning horse. And so, um, you know, I, I think it's there to be embraced and enjoyed and, and shaped and nudge people in the right direction. And then culturally, are we not then in a position to nudge the Middle East in, the, in a different direction if they want to go there? Because it would be a good reference point. Look at look at how our, our city has changed. Look at how our crowd has changed in the time I've stood on the terraces. Do you ever think when we were kids we'd talk about somebody like Shola Amiobi as a black number nine for Newcastle United? Nah. We know what the last black number nine for Newcastle United got off his own fans. And so there's an example of how we as a so fan base in a city have grown up and become inclusive and welcoming and, you know, much more aware of our place in the globe. And and so if we can sort of help shape that fan base to come along and be as open and as welcoming, it's got to be a good thing, really, for me, you know. But this is it's all very difficult once you get onto social media because there's still a lot of stuff goes on that generally, once you start scratching the surface and dig down a little bit through it, it gets a bit scary about, you know, who's manipulating what and who's putting disinformation and information out. Um, and after this weekend, all the folks is going to be on Qatar. And it's going to get murkier. And I think having a little pop at Newcastle United in Saudi Arabia can be used as a nice little distraction from that. While we're still running talking Premier League. I think that's going to disappear in the next two weeks as the whole world starts to focus on the World Cup and what's going on in Qatar. And so um, let's be aware of people trying to stir the pot is my message to everyone because I think it's going to happen. Yeah, definitely is. Um, Alan Little goes there. was cracking attending my first match for two years the other night. But what's happened to the benches? The e-paddock, the peanut sellers and the bloke that dressed up in a black and white suit. And he says, where's, where's Lord Westwood? Um Absolutely brilliant. And Clubber Lang, uh, he's, he's in the chat again. I do miss this guy when he's not on, to be honest. He goes, yeah, just been out walking the dog and I tripped and fell over a bra. Must have been a booby trap. <laughs> oh, my God. Hold on a minute. We're, we're only 15 minutes in, man. How weird. It's, it's a Friday show, though. Uh, Steve, <laughs> your views on all of this. We've, we've spoken about this many times, but it's, yeah, I, I concentrate more, I guess, on the Miguel um, conversation. I, I know you'll have had a bit of time to, to watch that with interest with with Keith. What did you think? Yeah, well, it was it was a it was a fascinating spot. Um, it was 
from from what I kept dipping in and out of, because as Keith said, it went on for about four days, <laughs> four hours. Um, it was it was just one of those things. I mean, you get I think you get embroiled into a conversation, and then as as both the lads have said, you know, other people join in. Um, it it then tends to go off on a on a tangent somewhat. You get embroiled in a in a, in a certain aspect that perhaps had nothing to do with the original purpose of of being together and talking. Uh, I thought. I thought both handle it quite well. I mean, they've laid out their laid out their stall, if you like. Um, I'm just glad I'm not a PSG supporter, as as Mitch says, because in the next fortnight, it's it's all gonna it's all gonna land on the doorstep of Qatar, um, and the PSG fans will be the ones who will be getting it in the neck. Um, but you know what? It's 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 refreshing to be able to have a conversation, not to, to watch a conversation that's done civilly and, and politely. Um, and it, it's it's annoying when when people uh, attack um, your your own um, what an opinion because they're diametrically opposed to, to it, and they do it in a in a in a, an angry and vociferous way. Um, it, it, as I say, it's just refreshing to hear um, sensible dialogue. Um, and I think this this is something that that we've found very very difficult over the last sort of three or four years because people as soon as you open your mouth people want to attack you people want to put words into your mouth people want to want to construct a totally different narrative to the one that you're trying to get over at times um it becomes frustrating it becomes annoying it becomes it, it becomes uh it becomes a drag you know and and it, gets it, just, it can get you down oh yeah absolutely of course it can I know you've been through it. I know pre pre matters. I I did. I I went through it. Holly went through it on here. Uh, I know Joe's been through it on here as well once or twice, where he feels he gets you know he gets involved and likes to stick up for us, and you know ends up getting dragged into it. Um, Mernsey got it in the neck, I think, when um, when he was a regular on the show as well. Um, it it happens. It happens, and 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 we're all human. We've all got a we've all got a breaking point, and depending on what's going on in your in your life. Um, I guess dictates, you know, how how would actually affect you? Yeah, and it, it, but it's fascinating that it that it's it's not it's not a lot of Sunderland supporters having a go at you, or a lot of Man United, or a lot of Chelsea or Man City. It, it's it's when it's it's people from your own city who support your own club, and we're all Newcastle oh, fans, and they're still having a go, you know. And so you've got it, you've got to you've got to question why why do people? Is it just because they're, they're they're keen for an argument or what? I I don't know, but you know we've got a big game coming up on. On, on Saturday night, we're all looking forward to it. It's going to be the last game that we're going to have for what six weeks till we're back in the cup, um, and it, it's it, it it kind of deflects from it somewhat because we're all excited about the game, and then you get you get drawn into all sorts of crazy arguments and discussions, um, and and I'm surprised at, at Alan because you never mentioned the uh, the popular side. Whatever <laughs> <laughs> I look, last thing on this whole thing, because, uh, you know, we do discuss it, but I, I felt it need mentioning tonight because people would have been asking, what about this? What about that? Um, for me, I, I've said it many times on here. If you're directly affected by anything like that on social media, give yourself a break from it. Walk away. Don't get involved. Don't forget anything you put on social media is out there for the duration um, of your life on your social media platform. Even if you delete it, somebody somewhere will screenshot it and will keep it. And we'll use it against you at some point. So be a bit more responsible on social media. Don't get dragged into arguments. And if you're a supporter of any UFC matters, we appreciate you sticking up for us, but we're all big lads. Don't feel like you've got to get involved. 
Okay, we're all we we've been through this. We've been through this many many times. Um, we're all experienced at it. Keith's grown a second skin since he joined this platform. Uh, me, me, Mitch, and um, Steve all remember the days of skunkers and and stuff like that. And you know, the, I used to get a bit of grief on there. There's needle giggling away. But yeah, look for me personally, I don't give a monkeys, and I'm I'm target number one. Um, I don't give a monkeys. I don't have sleepless nights. I'm like Keith. You just crack on. You know, you go and do what you do during the day. And I don't sit on my phone all day. Um, some people may do, but if you get involved. Switch your, if you get you down, switch your social media off. And it, it, we all, a lot of the, the people who watch the show come from the um, the age of uh, why don't you on TV? Do you remember the song at the start? Um, yeah. Don't switch on your television set and go and do something less boring instead. That's what you need to do with your phone these days. Stick your phone down, switch it off, or come off social media because you don't need it. And we don't, you're pampering to these fools, these idiots, these, these, you know, these people with no life. Um, you've got a life, go and live it. That's what I would say. Okay. Just a quick note, Steve. Before, like, when people compare, you like Steve Hasty just said, we're talking to people who are from our own city. So you've got to measure that because this bloke's not from our city. He's a constant like thorn in your castle side. And I didn't go in there to throw abuse at him because that would last minutes and you'd get blocked. What I do is, is why is it you can't write an article about Eddie Howe and Eddie Howe's first year at the club without? mentioning sports washing you know what is it what is it do you not think some of your readership would rather have an unbiased article written so i was trying to reason with that side when you put someone on the screen like that saying somebody hopes to die before the, the 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 you know we win the title i just look at that and think well you're gonna have to hurry up you're gonna have to hurry up because it'll not be long before i win the title the way we're going so so i don't take that serious i just think his father will be horrible and his granddad will have been awful. And I think kids are the parents. I think that's why Mitch is a canny lad, because George is mint. But when you look at when you look at people like him and post stuff on that, I hope Keith Patterson dies before we win a title. That doesn't bother me. And, and if, if people do go on social media and nothing bothers them, then Steve Steve Wraith's bang on. You need to get off and you need to get out of the firing line. But 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 I, I when I say stuff like that, I just think. How the hell do I bother him that much? Because, you know, I just mind my own business for 99% of the time. But it's, it's you know, I, I think I think social media, and I think Twitter's changing. I think Twitter, I think all this, you know, signed, this this thing, that you've, you've got one, Steve, Mr. Mr. Wraith, you've got some blue badge next to your name and that, and I think you have to pay for it now, do you? No, 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 no. Yeah. I am as an actor, somebody who's had who's got a good IMDb. I've got. Um, I, I just applied for it. Um, I right. applied for mine a few years back, yeah. and it's in it's if the if, if I guess it's just if they go through your file and say that person is is worthy of of, of having one. It's not like a it's not a token of importance. It's literally just. Yeah. It, it, I think it must have something. I've never looked into it. It must be something to do with the algorithm. Yeah, um, what it is. It, uh, Elon Musk is, is now going to charge you uh, eight pounds for your blue tick, I'm and on. if you don't want your, if you don't pay your eight pounds, you lose the blue tick, and somebody else can come along and and become Steve Wraith with a blue tick. That's yeah. that's what's happening now. Eight pound a month is it? Eight pound a month, yeah. Right, eight pound, ninety six pound a year, yes. 
Yeah, it's bonkers. I mean, so, you know, you will see... Yeah, it's, it's all changing, isn't it? But... You will see somebody go out and try and do that, you know? that That's the kind of thing that happens on social media. Unfortunately, that's just what happens, you know? Um, but you, you can't do anything about it, guys. You just got to live, you know, you you just got to, you know, you just got to live your life and just, just crack on with it. But um, we're going to move on. Um, and lots of people, Mitch, uh, in the chat tonight, saying that there's air stewardess has been spotted... Getting pictures taken at St James's Park and on the quayside. Any news on uh, potential sponsors? I got arrested last time that happened. No, um, uh, look, I've seen the pictures. I've seen a couple of videos as well. I've seen the, the, the lads and lasses from Saudi Air, Saudi Air in a uniform at the ground uh, on the Millennium Bridge. I think as well. I've seen one, um, and I've seen pitchside the uh, hordens with fly Saudi Air on them as well. Um, so there's obviously some sort of sponsorship deal in coming. Whether they're doing the photo shoot, shoot ahead of time for next season or whether that's something's going to kick in now, don't know. Um, significant move, though, because that's potentially a lot of money for the balance in the FFP books, isn't it, everyone? It is. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, it'll come, won't it, Keith? It'll come. It'll come. I, I, I wouldn't, surprise, will come. wouldn't surprise me tomorrow. wouldn't surprise me tomorrow if we turn up and that... Saudi Air, Fly Saudi is, is all around the, you know, I've, I've seen them, it's on the, it's on the, uh, the it's, it's around the pitch now, so it's, so all the pitch is coming in, there's been, there's definitely been a photograph shoot, but it wouldn't surprise me if they were there tomorrow, and, you know, a big game like Chelsea, last one before the World Cup, they just went like that, they just said, right, <laughs> that's our first sponsor, and why, and why shouldn't they, why should they do that, because if you're trying to block a club by inserting in FFP, which is just there to try and stop us catching the cartel, why shouldn't you just be able to go and bring your advertisers in? And, and if, if, if we go to Chelsea game tomorrow, it's got flouse, fly Saudi and Saudi, I'll, I'll love it. You know, I'll just, I'll just think, bring it on, you know, bring it on. Why, why shouldn't this club for once climb and, and be as big as it can be? And, and I, I highlight some of this. Um, I was on a show this week that Steve Wraith was on. I don't know what you like bringing it. I think it was Joe's show, but I think Joe's missing. And um, I put a point on there with you, Steve, and I said, like, when we sometimes judge some some of our fantasy about about being patient, um, I just think you know this season how are we going to finish? Because we might finish higher than third. Because and I, the point I make is you've got like Pope, Trippier, Shah, um, Wilson, Almiron, twenty eight, thirty, and thirty teams. All them, you know, they all they all the age where they're not going to be at the next World Cup. So they all the age where. They need to win the league in the next couple of years because this is their time. So who's to say they won't? And who's to say their standards aren't going to be? We don't want to finish fourth. We want to finish second. Or we want to win the title this year. And, and yeah, it's long shots. But whew, I tell you what, I bet every game they play, they play like they want to win the title. And, 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 and for that, as Mitch points out, you need money. You know, you need, you need two or three proper signings in January and you need five signings in the summer. And you put you put seven signings, proper players in that squad, then you've got the depth. I tell you what, I, I, I went to Tottenham, I've been Man, Man United, Tottenham, Liverpool. They're no different to us. You know, they, there might be still a gap between City, but there wasn't for forty-five or sixty minutes at home. So, my, my opinion is, I think these players will set the standard. I think they'll, these players will determine how well we're going to do. And yeah. If I was putting a bet on and somebody give us a million pounds is put on red or black and you can either put top four or outside the top four, I'd put top four 
for this season. Okay, I'm going to go into uh, one of our first segments. It's the DI map. Get to send in photographs of you meeting famous faces from the tune. Uh, this one was a, a nice one that we got sent on uh, on Twitter. Wow. It was uh, Sally Cinnamon, um, and I'm gonna. This is the only one we've got today. My lad, yesterday after the game with Dan Byrne. Uh, thank you for sending this, Paul. And um, yeah, he's he's going through a little bit of a tough time, the young lad. And um, we, you know, we hate to see that. We'll talk about online uh, problems that we have, but um, you know, it's not nice when kids go through issues at, uh, at that age. And um, good luck to your son. Um, keep on being you, and uh, keep on sticking in at school. Uh, most importantly, keep on supporting the tune. It'll give you a lot of happiness. Uh, might give you a few bumps. But uh, it'll give you no bruises, and uh, you keep smiling, keep listening to your mum and dad, keep listening to your teachers, and uh, thank you, Sally Cinnamon, for sending in that Brilliant. photo. Anyone's got any photographs uh, of you with Newcastle United players, managers, or past players or managers, send them in, and we will feature them on the show. Somebody in the chat asking if there's going to be a Christmas party. We'll always have a get-together, mate. Uh, won't be a party as such, but uh, as soon as I know what Mitch is doing um, and Stu Penman and when they're coming or if they're coming, uh, I will be able to give you a little bit oh, more of an update. I think I can tell you now. I oh, think what? I can tell you now, mate. But no, I know Stu's in Mauritius for Christmas. Right, OK. Really, and what about you? I'm going to be here in Dubai by the looks of it. Okay, so we're going to organise it without the uh, the lads, uh, but uh, me, Keith, Steve and uh, a few of the faces, I'm sure we'll have a bit of a get-together, Barry, so uh, I will keep you posted and let you know what we are going to do and go from there. Okay, moving on to football, um, let's, uh, and again, apologies, people will be expecting the Eddie Howe press conference. Um, just about to finish the second week of filming on the film that I'm making. Um, I haven't got time for that, I'm afraid. And next week, uh, with the exception of maybe Tuesday night, um, there'll be no live shows. All the pre-records will be going up next week. That's me last week of filming, and then it's normal service resumed after that. So if you're in the chat and you're a moderator uh, and you pop on next week, please let people know that A, it's not live. B, we are going to be doing lives again, <laughs> but it'll not be until the start of the following week. Uh, maybe I'll squeeze some in next weekend, but um, once I've finished the filming, I'll be back. But you'll still have NUFC matters every night next week. I've recorded some great shows, uh, and they're all, they're all set up for six o'clock. Uh, let's talk football, lads. Uh, we've got a hell of a lot to talk about. Um, David Cook, I will, I'm going to come to your question first before I look at what's going on. Um, you know, with with the club at the moment. David Cook asked this a few times, and I, I keep missing it, and it's one of those things when the chat moves fast on a uh, Friday. Um, he says, I just want to ask the lads about the current atmosphere compared to the entertainers and to Bobby Dears. Uh, what he was trying to say was, do you think this is the best atmosphere at St. James's Park? Now, I said no uh, when, I, when I was asked this question by David on a different show, but he wanted you lads to answer the question. Um, I think the entertainers was the best days. 
um, for me personally. Um, the Bobby Robson days didn't really eclipse it for me. Um, certain games might have done, like whacking Sheffield Wednesday 8-1 and Shearer getting five. and But I just feel that the, the Keegan Entertainers days were special. I still, when I go to the match at the moment, have that little bit of doubt and that stress a little bit of doubt when we don't go in, into a two-goal lead in the first half. Man City, for example, at home, go into usually the, the, the half-time period, two goals up or three goals up. Like, that was a bit like the entertainers. They'd go and marmalise marmalize a team for the first 20 minutes and get such a command and lead and then dictate the rest of the game. So my, I just think the atmosphere was better in the entertainers' days. War flags do a great job. And the reason I think the reason I think as well is that I don't know it, it, it has changed. We've got we've, it's a different crowd now, different different generations, um, and I just I don't know. It's a bit like if you ask us which was the favourite World Cup, you know, people would expect you to say well the one we nearly won when we, you know, but no, I, you know, for me or, or the one we won in '66, well I wasn't alive. 1990 was my World Cup. That's my favourite World Cup. Nothing's ever beaten that team that that passion and that feeling, even as hard as I've tried. So it is a difficult question. There's my answers, Mitch. What about you? Well, you've you nailed it with one thing. We are genuinely now comparing football across eras, which is always a difficult thing to do, be that with teams, players, managers or, or tournaments. Um, I wrote an article for Arab News, not last Christmas, but the Christmas before, just after the takeover had gone through. When I came back, uh, when we played Man United and we drew 1-1. And it was odd because the, 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 that was the closest I'd felt to an atmosphere. I liked the entertainers because of the, the buoyancy and the return of expectancy and hope was palpable. As somebody who'd been out the region and come back, um, you could feel it. Um, you're right, it's a different crowd. It's a different era. You know, standing uh, on the Gallagher, there was no real need for war flags. I think the era we have now, what, what war flags has done for me is get people off their bloody phones. Uh, for the right reason, using them as cameras, maybe it's to take the spectacle, but they're still involved. They're there in the moment. They're not partially in the moment or not in the moment at all. Um, and I think it's a very different atmosphere because we're talking about different eras. Um, for me, you'll never get it'll take a long time before we get close to um, that feeling when the first season under, or the second season under Keegan when we went unbeaten at the start of the season that was just organic delight from everyone um, and we rode that wave all the way to the season's end um, and I think it is different at the moment um, and again you've got to factor in we're going to have slight differences in the fan base going forward, we're going to have you know, moments like Liverpool where you go to a ground and you hear Scandinavian accents more than you do local accent and things like that. It's all going to happen. So get ready for it, folks. And, and embrace it. Uh, because it means we're doing well. Uh, I'm impressed with how the atmosphere transfers. If you look at what the guys who set up the new supporters club here in Dubai, I'm genuinely... People say to me, well done. And I, to be honest with you, all I've done is used me gobshite to read the direct traffic there. I'm in a good position through this platform and through my Twitter platform to say to people, right, look, these guys have put something together, let's try and back it. And if you look at some of the videos from the days we're having at the minute, it's it's electric. 
And it's different to some of the other supporters clubs. I know the Leeds lads very well because they're drinking the same bars and very often. And that can be a bit macy and it's mainly just blokes in a bar shouting at the telly. Whereas our lot, we've got flags, we've got families, we've got kids running around, we've got women, we've got, you know, a full cross-section of the Newcastle community in Dubai. And that's us feeding off the team. And and I think that's, for me, is the the final piece of the puzzle that they've needed to get together is to generate that club-city-community synergy, but you're now generating it across the globe. If you look at how the supporters clubs are doing around the world, I've had a chat with the lads in Singapore, I've had a chat with some of the lads in Australia, I've had a chat with the lads in San Diego, you know, and and, uh, and thanks for the T-shirt, by the way, the San Diego mags, I'll have to get that on one of the shows one night. You know, um, makes a big bloody difference. And now I just don't feel connected to home. I feel connected around the world. And that's that's different. That's not how I felt. And nor do I think I had a real appreciation of the expat community until I became expat myself. And I think I value it more. I wish when I was chair of the trust, I valued it more. Um, and utilised it more. And, and so, you know, you live and learn and all that every day. But uh, it, it, it's just fabulous to have that atmosphere to play with because of what Eddie Howe's done with that team. It's not just all about the money. It's about Eddie Howe and the squad and everything that's going on behind the scenes. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, the other point I made the other night, somebody's just brought it up in the chat there, Steve, is the Keegan effect. And I guess being of that certain vintage that we all are, we were lucky enough to see Keegan as a player and then Keegan as a manager. And it was the fact that Newcastle had sunk so low, almost going into that division that Sunderland made it into. Um, you know, and he got us out. He got us away from that. You know, virtually at the last, the last death against Leicester. Um, I think that's what made it more special because he was then signing players and telling everybody um, that ultimately, you know, we're gonna we're gonna get. He's gonna make them England players. We're gonna we're gonna win the league and. You know, they bought into it. We bought into it. I think that's what made it more special. Yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, the thing with with, with Keegan, it was the romance. It was there was there was something I, I I could never put my finger on why we embraced Kevin Keegan in the way that we did as fans when he was a guy who had basically knocked us in all our hopes and dreams back in '74. Scored two goals against us in the cup final. Eight years later, he's turning up in a black and white shirt and we're rejoicing. We've got a guy who was the England captain, uh, no ties to the area as such, although we subsequently found out that that he had family ties uh, down in Durham. Um, but he came with a he came with a plan and a mission, and you know, it, it took two seasons to, to 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 that plan to actually bear fruit. And he and he, he promised he would get us out of that division, and he did. And then eight years later, when he when he when he returned, it, what was really our you know, I was going to say hour of need. It was minutes. We were minutes away, really, at times from from absolute disaster. Um, and he came. I think. And, think for nineteen minutes of that Leicester game, we were down. I think. Yeah, yeah, and and, and he built something. We, we got we got the hope back. And then we built, he, he, he went out and said, you know what, now I've got you out of the league. We're, we're going to get you out of the league. And we thought, what? That season, as you say, that, that promotion season, 92-93, uh, which was the first season of the Premier League as well, and we weren't in it. 
And there was something to aspire to. And he was telling us, we've got to get into this league. I'm going to get you into it. And he did. And then the the, the roller coaster that, that then transpired and, you know, being the club that's signed the most expensive footballer in the world, Alan Shearer, bringing a young lad back to his back to his hometown club, his roots, everything about it, the whole buzz that it gave you. And the, somebody put up there before on the strap line, that the ground was different. Yes, it was only thirty six thousand in that ground. You know that it was. It was eventually it was all wrapped round, and we, you know it was it was kind of enclosed, and it became a it became a hotbed, didn't it? It was. It, there was there was something about those nights when you know he played Barcelona um, and the Belgleish and the, the the European games. Um, it was it was special, but that that entertainers period that that ninety four with. The guy who I felt was probably the best footballer we've ever had uh, in Peter Beardsley. Uh, we had Rob Lee, you know. Then we got Ferdinand. Then we got Shearer. We had it. We had a blend of youth and experience. You know, we had Peacock at the back. We had Beresford. We had we had players like Hottager who came. You know, it was it, there was something special. Then Janola arrives. Then Aspria arrives. It was just like it was just throwing players, quality players at us. You know. And and we just we were taking on all comers, and that was that was all part of it. And I think I think because of where we'd come from, that that probably made the atmosphere so special. And it's difficult now, as as Mitch says, to compare an apple in a pair, compare the fifty two thousand to the thirty eight thousand that we had. Um, the style of football, the way that the, the the way that the game has changed and evolved, that the way that the game's played, even you know that. The, Keegan played with a panache, or Keegan's teams did, and they played, played with a freedom. Eddie Howe's teams are, is playing really, really well. I don't think it's playing with a freedom, it's playing to a style that he's that he's developed and he's and he's nurturing and gradually building. Um, and that's what's making this exciting as well, this era. And you're right about the flags. Um, you know, we during the during the first Keegan and then coming back, Keegan. You had the scarves, you had the atmosphere, you had the songs. We don't have, we don't have that as much. What we do have is noise. We 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 generate a, a great noise when that when that train starts to move forward. The the noise that we push behind um, is what is the is the teams on the attack. I mean, it's it it it's phenomenal. It you know it's deafening at times, and then everybody's up for it. So I think I think it's difficult to, to compare. A player from an era, and it's probably difficult to compare an atmosphere from an era. But if I was going to have to pick one or other, then it, at the moment, it's it's the Keegan, the entertainer's period for me. Yeah. Keith, what's your take on this? It's an interesting question from David. Yeah. Yeah. Going, going back to what you said, Steve, you said um, sometimes when I go at the ground, uh, you know, sort of a, a bit twitchy until, you know, early doors in case we concede. And I can get where that comes from, which I'll come on to in a minute. But um, when I look at this team now, I think we underestimate how little time they've had to build. So, so I think when you compare a team like this to a team of the entertainers, in that day, the entertainers went and signed the Harry Kane kind of signings. That, that entertainer side picked up the best centre forwards in the country and some of the best midfield players. Um, so when you looked at Beasley, Ginola, Ferdinand, Shearer, Cole, all those that whole group of players, we had some phenomenal footballers, and that was more or less the finished article. You know, it was that squad was supposed to win the league. When you when you talk about this team, I, I, I get less nervous watching this team 
for the, in the defence. When I watch this team, and you've got to remember Eddie Howe lost his job at Bournemouth because he couldn't defend. Eddie Howe goes away and studies it and now has the best defence in the Premiership. And when this team plays, uh, when a ball comes into our back door, I expect to get knocked out. And I, I don't panic about the defence in this team as much as I do the entertainers. When we look, Keith, when one, of, one of the things I was going to say is I've never felt so comfortable watching Newcastle United side at 1-0. Yeah, Ever. Yeah, but I, I, Ever. Agree. I agree with that. And when we when we out of possession, I've got more faith in this team than the entertainers for them winning the ball back. So I think this team have greater turnovers at getting the ball back than the entertainers did. Um, but, but what the entertainers did better than anybody was attack. And so... so my answer to, to the, the, the question is is about the atmosphere. The flags are spectacular. There's nobody can say that. And I, I pulled somebody who was a Villa supporter and I just said to him, let us know on Monday what you thought about it. And he's a bright lad. He has his own business. He goes to games home the way. And he says, yeah, it was good. But he, he used the word. He said, it's manufactured. And he says, that's not you lot. Go and decide what flag you. And he says, it looks bought in. And I just said, ah, I never thought of that. I never thought, you know, I never thought of his point. But what he was saying was, you know, all them flags are rolled out. But the big thing he said is, he said, when the whistle blows and the game starts and you all scream and shout and then it kicks off, then them flags get put away, more or less. Do you know what I mean? That, that big effort to create that atmosphere once the game starts isn't as impactful as the game, and, and you know, that's not down to flags or down to fans. It's, it's down to nervousness because this team, this team's getting better and better and better, and we get ourselves to third in the league. And when we do, we expect more. So the expectancy levels have risen. So when we play Chelsea tomorrow, where you'd, like, if you like, if you went to the entertainers' years and you watch us play Chelsea, it would be singing, 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 singing all the time. That's all you'd hear is singing, singing, singing. And now there's quiet patches. And it, when we played Villa, they sang, you know, uh, they, they, they took the mickey about the atmosphere and they criticised, the, you know, they said we were quiet. But the reality is, that's the penalty you pay when you become a better football team because you get nervous because you expect to score and expect to do well. So 52,000 on, on uh, the cup match of the night. So some, some kids, there's only chances of getting that ground. Nobody can say that it was riveting atmosphere, singing from minute to minute, because everybody was expecting your castle to get some goals scored. And when it was nil-nil, all the, you know, for all that period, people are on the edge of the seats. They think thinking one goal the other way and this goes against us. So I think expectancy creates quietness. So, and, and when you go back to the two eras, I have to say that the atmosphere at the, at the tiers, the word is spontaneous. It was... When we were there, Steve, you, you say you, you still go back to that. Even if you weren't up for it, the place was bouncing. And, the, and it was just a complete din and a racket. And there was just song after song after song after song bellowing out. And, and I, think that's, I think that's because the entertainers was a finished product. I think these people, if, they, if we got two players in January and three top players in the summer we'd probably be having the kind of squad the entertainers have. We put five quality players in that squad now. We probably have, you know, four, yeah. four, four good people on the bench. At the minute, I just think we, we've been a bit... It's hard to compare these. They've had a year at it and they've just avoided relegation and they've got themselves to third place. 
But I'll tell you what, defensively, I think these are better than the entertainers. Atmosphere-wise, I think it was better then. It's funny you should say that, though, Keith, because in that in that season, 96-97, when we, when we finished second, we actually conceded less goals than Man United. We, yeah, we yeah. conceded 40 and they conceded 44. Well, we, never, we, never out there. Steve, we never out there. We never out there half. <laughs> That's true, yeah. <laughs> but so, so we did... We, it was all Keegan's... And I know we only had King for half that season, but you know it was always a, a thing that people said Keegan's teams couldn't defend. But in that particular season, we, we, we conceded less goals than than Man United did. Sadly, they won the. <laughs> I just want to um, I just want to jump quickly to this uh, because it'll get lost in the chat. First of all, Mark Fleming, thanks for becoming a member and thanks for the donation. I'll stick that in the pot for the Christmas uh, drinks with the lads. Uh, Jacob Oz our chant. Why are supporters singing Don't Take Me Home, Want to Stay Here and Sniff All the Gear? And also, why is it Hey Callum Wilson and not Hey Wilson? Um, I'm not going to answer on the second one, but the first one, mate, is just we've spoken about it on here, Jacob, before. There's, a, there's, a, a, there's a, an epidemic of cocaine taking football supporters, the length and breadth of the country. And we have a minority who are the, who are the same, mate. And it's, that's the reason that that song is in there. It's, it's a reflection on modern day football supporters, I'm afraid. Um, that's just. That's that's just the way it is. Nothing we can do about it. Um, and Simon, I did see this as well. He says, yes, Steve, uh, I always wondered if you saw the comments on Skunkers. It was like the internet forum equivalent of Beirut on Skunkers. Um, Simon, I did I did used to watch it. And I wish I wish I could remember what my name was on there because I was incommunicado on there. And I, did, I rarely commented, but I did keep an eye on it. Um, I've, I've also done the same in the past on the Ready to Go forum, the Sunderland forum. Um, I, I, but I haven't got time to, you know, to do that anymore. But that's still going. And if you go on Ready to Go, which is the Sunderland Forum, um, there's always a thread about me, um, which is interesting to say the least. But yeah, Simon, I did. And Skunkers was a lot of laughs. And you're right, ex it exactly was, uh, just as you described. Uh, um, okay, David, I hope I gave you the answer you wanted to your question. Um, I think the, gonna... the Callum well, Wilson, isn't the Callum Wilson one just about syllables? Because it was here, Alan Shearer. And now it's Callum Wilson. It's just silly. But the youngers have changed the Newcastle song as well. Um, you know, that we hit Nottingham Forest songs being adapted and changed. Do you know what I mean? And um, That's some people... disgraceful. I'm not having that. It has. It's just, <laughs> we, we hit Nottingham Forest. We hit Liverpool too. And Leicester, we hit Man United and Leeds, we love you. Do we, you know, and you know the rest. It's been changed. And uh, yeah, the, the, the youngers do change things, but that's progression. That's the way it's... It's the way it is, unfortunately. It's we can't right. change it. We're just... All right. we're, we're, <laughs> Well, it is. I we're just four old fart who are stuck in a time warp, unfortunately. So there's nothing we can do about that. <laughs> okay, tweet of the week. Thanks to everyone who sent these in. A uh, big thanks, as always, to Zara, who uh, gets the ones that everybody else misses. Um, Frank, uh, big chipper. Uh, he says, I impersonated Toon Pools for a few hours this morning, and I've just returned home to find this on my front door and a warning letter from him. Lesson learned. It won't happen again. The big Frank chipper is a character on there. I I've got to be perfect. He nearly got me twice this week. Twice yeah, he's a funny bugger. He is a, he is a funny bugger, whoever he is. <laughs> Um, when she says, oops, I hit a curb, but you heard a human scream. <laughs> Apologies to all female drivers. Uh, I am not being sexist with that particular one, but I did find it just because it's that bloody face again. Uh, Miggy Stardust, we could be heroes just for one day. 
like that a lot. That's I like, nice. I did like that one. It's very, very good. Uh, 80s kids, if your dad wore shoes like this when you were growing up, you have siblings you have never met. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch still wears them today. <laughs> On a night out. You should see strutting down, strutting down Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed Boulevard. Exactly. You know. uh, anyone who hasn't got a life will know that um, I'm a celebrity started. Uh, I've... I, I, caught up now i've watched it all uh breaking news reports are coming in the boy george has been attacked by a reptile on the set of i'm a celebrity they should have got a karma chameleon but apparently they come and go oh. <laughs> <laughs> ah, right that explains something you see our robin what? was going on about boy our robin was going on about boy george in one of the family group chats that i'm on yeah, and i didn't jungle. understand why the ah right i'm seeing totally nah. with with Don't matt know. hancock well i know about him but yeah. that boy George is in there. Boy George is in there as well. Yeah, it is good. I, I mean, anyone. I mean, Keith pals with uh, Ant and Deck or one of the one of the uh, one of them. And honestly, it, it is it is just worth watching for them because they script it and the script is brilliant. Um, yeah, there is. The, 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 the bad live on them. It was brilliant. They're brilliant. They're brilliant. Uh, Lee Johnson, thanks for this. Kevin and Terry came to save Newcastle from disaster. Uh, this was doing the rounds. Alan Shearer got involved as well. Uh, as we know, Terry's got his um, his health battles at the moment as well. But it was great to see the two of them back together again. And um, um, uh, sending me love to Terry and his family. Uh, this one, uh, Adam Sim, the Mackham there, saying, imagine not keeping a clean sheet against Southampton and laughing. Uh, it's just a, a nice little reminder from Lee that uh, the last time Sunderland played Southampton, they got beat 8-0. <laughs> uh, this one, uh, really looking forward to Liverpool being bought out by the Bellagrove, the Bellagraph Nova group. <laughs> God, that seems like a lifetime ago. Do you remember that photo yes. doing the rounds? Absolutely. Was that Michael Chopra? Yeah. Yes. That's who it was. Uh, okay, uh, Carol Lawson, thanks for this one. <laughs> Coronation, Coronation Street viewers will recognise Gail Platt there uh, in, in, instead of ET. Obviously, that's the rest of the people who were the cast members of ET. Um, here's weather spoons. Looks like rain. No way. Sunny today. Oh, Jesus. That's straight out of this, that. It is. Big shout out to everybody in Witherspoon who's watching tonight, according to somebody in the chat earlier on. Uh, current status of Toon fans. <laughs> a few nosebleeds in there as well, where we're sitting at the minute, it has to be said. Uh, just got me results from Ancestry.com. Apparently, I'm full English. Very good. Jesus. Excellent. <laughs> Very good. That's that's sailing sailing close to the wind. That there was no um no, nothing intended by it though. I was uh, that pissed last night. I thought this was a can of Stella. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Easy mistake to make, that Ian. Easy mistake to make. Yes, it's caused, it is. It is. This caused some debate. Who's having oh. what? Chips oh. and curry for me, said Wayne Bennett. Oh. This takes me back to the days of Holly on this channel where we used to yeah. do rate my plate. Um, chips and curry. I'd, I'd eat that. Uh, chips and gravy, I'd eat that. Chips and cheese, no, uh, not at all, just because of the, the, the fact that it's a Mackham dish um, and it looks bloody awful. Chips and mushy peas, yeah, but it has to have tomato sauce for me. Chips and mayo, nah, I've never really been a fan of that. Chips and beans, <laughs> once, once or twice, but not for me. We'll go around the board. Uh, you got a particular favourite there, Mitch, or well, one that you wouldn't have? Chips and curry, yes. Chips and gravy, if I'm in the right fill. Mm -hmm. Cheese and chips, no, but I would have gravy with cheese curds, which is Canadian poutine. That's quite a nice 
departure from your usual. Mm -hmm. uh, chips and peas, as long as the peas have got mint in them, not ketchup, Jesus. Mm. Um, chips and meal, but not with it, not with English chips, but with continental frites. Ha! That works. Ha! Um, right. okay. I'm being very specific. And chips and beans, absolutely, because baked beans are the devil's invention. Make you fart. Okay, Steve. They're, they're the devil's invention. They are. Uh, the, the beans, I would have the beans and chips if you put ketchup on it. Uh, definitely not the chips and meal. Definitely not the cheese. Uh, the chips and peas, only if there's fish there. Uh, chips and curry, yeah, not a problem. Chips and gravy, certainly not. Ah, interesting. Keith? First choice, chips and curry. Like, love curry and chips. Second choice, chips and beans. I love beans and chips, they're mint. And I would eat their chips and gravy at the right time. The rest, I'm with Steve Hasty. I'd have to put a fish on them peas. And I wouldn't go near the meal for me nana. And I wouldn't go near the cheese for me dog. Cheesy chips? Nah. Well, that was good. That co I knew that would cause a bit of debate. So thanks for uh, thanks for sending that one in. Uh, the uh, well-loved tales. Jack pisses off with Defoe. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, you come up with some belters. I don't know where on earth you get all of these from. Like, there's some absolute corkers. And uh, this one as well from Ian for sale. Vintage Tupperware, footpath, uh, meat defroster, puke bucket, potato salad, and popcorn bowl. <laughs> yes. We, we, when, I, when I was in union, we lived in halls in Castellises. One of the lads had a bowl like that. Yeah. That it was a utilitarian bowl. And I remember... Put it in. Oh, he, yeah, he used to keep it to pee in, puke in, whatever. And then he handed it around with a load of popcorn in when he decided to have a film. <laughs> like, and no. nobody went anywhere near it. We're like, no! Oh, <laughs> my God. Right, OK, uh, moving on swiftly. This one. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm Andy's mother's toy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was, I mean, I think that's funny in a whole, but Stephen Kennedy sent that on Facebook because he said it's Keith getting in on the act again. Um, it's rather odd-looking Keith. But, uh, I, you know, I think he put that in for the lookalike section. 14 miles, Dad. We're only 14 miles. If you drove another 14 miles, I would have been born a Jody. <laughs> that's good. That's good. And this one. E-I-E-I-E-I-O. That was very good. Any countdown fans out there? And this this one was quite funny as well. He says, who the hell is this? Um, a joke. It's definitely not Wilson. Uh, now, this, yeah, that guy at the bottom there, the bald guy, is supposed to be Callum Wilson. And that was on, that was on, was that the Chronicles website? Or was it on Sky? I think it might have been on Sky. Yeah, I, how on earth have confused that during the Southampton game? I don't Nobody knows who it is. I, I couldn't, you know, facial recognition wouldn't sort that one out. Um Jimmy Moore likes to send a tweet of the weekend as well. He says, uh, is there anything more ironic than Richard wanting to talk about boundaries? Man United may be losing 2-0 at Aston Villa, Andy, but the big story of the day is Mikel Arteta has yet again stood out of his technical area. It's kind of rubbish to talk about on these things as well. I did see this and I've chopped half of it off, but I did find this funny. Um, and if you can see on that packet, it, it says B-I-T-C-H to the untrained eye. Uh, but actually, it was part of a story on Facebook. So this person got this order um, and the thought that it's a bitch on there. She says, I went back to the restaurant. I went inside already fuming. I asked to speak to the manager and then threw the sandwich on the counter. I asked him for an explanation. He looked confused. So I pointed at the writing on the sandwich and demanded that he tells me why someone felt the need to write that on my sandwich. And he answered, because he ordered a BLT with cheese. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> when I replied, okay. Genius. Quality, that. Oh, my <laughs> God. I, I just like this. When, you know, people do know Greg's, uh, I love a Greg's myself, uh, like anybody, any true Jordy does. And that is uh, excellent. Uh, a birthday cake. Some great cakes these days. It uh, really yeah. is. Uh, this one from Jimmy. Uh, he's just bought a log cabin from Ikea. <laughs> Good luck putting that up with the weekend, Jimmy. Yeah, okay. uh, And this one, uh, we've had a couple of these, haven't we? Manchester. I'm confused. Now, the, do you remember that we had the Manchester, Manchester City, the Manchester, Man Manchester United, the Man City derby the other week, where as soon as the one team took the lead, the, the, the kid from the, the Far East had changed his top to the other team. Uh, so this guy's, this guy's uh, got a Man City bag and a Manchester United top. Unbelievable. unbelievable. You know, you genuinely see that over here. I've seen somebody disappear at the toilet at half time and come back with a different shirt on. That's bonkers. I just kind of understand. You'd never see that up here. The only thing Nick Pope hasn't saved is the wheel, to be fair, it's only November. <laughs> it's from... And this one from Deck the Halls. Soonest doing backflips to not give Newcastle any credit for literally any of the four goals we scored. Yeah, anybody who recorded the game or was sitting watching that live on Sky, he just bloody hates us. Like, I don't know oh, why they get him on as the Newcastle correspondent. Oh. He can't stand it you when are. we get a result. He hates where we are. Um, I reckon three more wins and we're safe, said James. <laughs> yes. Very good. Some people have still got that mentality, mind. It's uh, being athlete. It's what uh, it's the whole syndrome. That Stockholm syndrome. That's the one. <laughs> Mad Jordy says nobody does away days like Newcastle. Ten p.m. Meet at the Boozer for our bus. Meet on a Saturday night for a two p.m. kickoff away at the Southampton on a Sunday. Lock in until the bus departs at two a.m. Should get down there about ten eleven a.m. and be early hours Monday morning when we get home. Heavy sesh, yeah. A lot of people on Fez's bus, I think, will have uh, gone through that. Um, <laughs> Southampton would like to express its sincere thanks to Ralph for all of his efforts, as well as the unwavering commitment he's shown throughout the time as manager. Connor, Connor replied, I see you later, pal. Another morning gone. So, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was good. good way of saying goodbye to Ralph. Uh, me on Sunday, never again. Me on Friday, again, said Toxic. Again. I think everybody goes through that, uh, um, especially as you get older. Shane, I love this one. Uh, Shane used to do the match day lives during lockdown. Small club, Man City before the takeover. Two league titles, three FA Cups. Chelsea before the takeover. One league title, three FA Cups. Newcastle before either Man City, Chelsea or Newcastle were taken over. Four league titles, six FA Cups. Facts, facts, facts. Uh, very good, that. Enjoyed that one. Uh, coming down to the last couple, uh, Paddy Power do it again. Uh, said Rachel, I'm not saying I hope Brazil crash out of the World Cup in humiliating circumstances for leaving Joe Litton out of their squad. But, yeah, uh, I think we'll all be supporting Brazil because I don't think England will win it. Um, the, the honest, but I can't see England doing it. I think Brazil will uh, be there or thereabouts and I think we'll all get behind Bruno. Um, this was a good tweet. This came second. United up the third place with a stunning performance against Southampton. Manchester United stay in fifth place. Stay fifth. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. He really gets it, doesn't he? Okay. He, 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 he at least backed up what he said the week before with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's good to see. Of course yeah. he did. Of course he did. Okay. Winner of Twitter of the Week this week is this one. Uh, I'm going to give that new Adam and the Ants diet a try. You can pretty much eat what you want, but have to swallow everything whole. It's called Don't You Ever. Oh. <laughs> 
Excellent stuff. Keep the tweets coming in. Um, if you can get them to us this week, Zara, if you're watching uh, on Catch Up or watching live, uh, get them to me by Tuesday, please, because we are pre-recording next week's by Tuesday. I've got something to get to you for lookalikes, which I missed out on this week, so we'll try and get them okay. to next week. Lookalikes and tweets before Tuesday this week, because I'm having a pre-recorded. Cheers, folks. <laughs>
to be fair, the surgeon, the whole team that she's had in the past 15 years have been phenomenal. Um, they had had a really successful keyhole surgery, removed a large amount of the tumour from her lung. Um, he was then hopeful to go back in the in the in the September, or the October time, but things like um, pneumonia and, and infections kept putting it back, kept putting it back. And then just recently, we got the news that it had grown that much. It was putting pressure on the heart. The lung was full, and they were like, "Listen, we'll come to the end of the road. We can't do any more." So give her about three months, and within less than a week, she had passed. Um, so there was a lot of things that she didn't get to do, but there was lots of things she did get to do because the hundred grand towards the treatment and whatever else also was a few little memories for her and the kids. Uh, she's in the background with one of her sons. Beautiful. And she, she got a lot of memories that she wanted done through this fundraising type of thing. And then the reason why this came about was trying to get the 43 minutes applause is obviously because of her age. Um, the applause... I had a th little thought. Um, the, the week she died, Brian Shotton in Ashton, I've got good connections with the club. Um, I played there, I managed there with the youth team and stuff like that. Um, he invited us in as a family to, to play a minute to applaud, clapping the minute to applaud for one of the home games of the week she passed. And we went and there were 602 people turned up um, at Ashton, at Woodhorn Lane. And it was amazing to see just even just that 602 people with the goosebumps and the tires up on my neck stood up. Um, it was really emotional for the whole family. I shouldn't give with 50 tickets um, for friends and family. Invited them all in, hospitality to the club, and I thought it was a really nice touch. So I thought, well, why could I not make that and take that to St. James's? Because she's missed out on the game. Why could I not do that? So I contacted the club. Was I was I was at the club when I was a, a young lad and I, I left when I was 21 due to uh, a car accident I had. Uh, I still had a few contacts, so I contacted the club and spoke and they agreed to put her in the programme, but they couldn't guarantee it could do anything more. So I asked, obviously, then I went to social media to the fans and uh, different kinds of um, platforms of social media and, and tried to put out, could we do this 43-minute applause tomorrow's game at Chelsea at home? So this is why I've came on after Melly had spoken. Melly tried to just to gain that little bit more publicity, so we can then try and push this on a little bit more to try and get more around the ground that people are aware of in 43 minutes. And we do this one minute applause. I mean, look, it's it's a great sentiment. I, I understand, you know, from sometimes from the club's perspective, it is difficult to, to do because you know oh, there yeah. are a lot of Newcastle fans, as, as we know, oh, yeah. you know, passing pass yeah. pass away, um, you know, oh, each yeah. day. And, and that can be the big issue. Um, I guess yeah, it's speaking totally. to the right. It's speaking to the right person is is, is often is. a hard thing as well. And with it, with there being a transition of so many staff and people changing over yeah. with the era, it, it can it can get lost in translation. Did they, I mean? Did they get it in the program, Kev? Yeah, so they've got a, they've got a, um, a picture in the program of our with a little tribute in. Well, that's good. That's um, great. I mean. Great. I mean, look, anyone who watches this, I mean, we, we you know, we, we end up with about 5,000 people who watch this show. Yeah, um, so yeah. hopefully, spontaneously, those who are at the match will will do it tomorrow. I mean, we... Yeah, hopefully it catches on. Once people start to clap, it'll catch on and it'll spread around the ground with a bit of luck. Um, but yeah, the club's been great, to be honest. I've asked everybody I've spoke to have come back to us and 
um, little ideas bounced around, even from the fans' pages. The fans' pages were pushing it on and on the social media, on Facebook and stuff, spreading it, sharing it, copying and pasting everything. So it it really has been touching, but it's just you know she's been so inspiring with the fight that she's put in and inspired so many people around the world. She's speaking to people in America about this kind of treatment because it was really rare type of form of cancer. Only ever 40 cases known worldwide. So it's just so rare that they don't know much about it. Um, but she would she would do her research and she would have answers before the doctors had answers because she was speaking to people in different countries with different methods and she would go, oh, well, can we try this? Can we try that? Um, and, but she would always be speaking to other people as well and giving them encouragement. So... If you can look at Claire's chance, Claire's chance, it's all over Facebook. That's, you see her wow. story there, it's, it's heart-wrenching story. But what you've just said really, there, really, is, I haven't yeah. heard the story until you just said it there and, and, and listening to you. It's 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 heartbreaking, honestly. I sad. Oh, yeah. And and you know, like you just you just you just put life in perspective, but you know, cancer doesn't pick it doesn't pick who goes, it no. just hits anybody and and, and yeah. You know, sometimes you can beat it and sometimes you can't, but what you've just said there and the way you've told that story, it's it's heartbreaking, honestly. It's, oh, it's, it's, you've got two young boys and a partner here that I'm sitting with them now. Uh, but but you, know it is, you know what it is? You know what it is? The only, the only I wish the club had done, I wish they just, you know that you know those uh, big TVs, like on the... Big screen. Like, I tried. I, 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 I wish they just flashed that at 43 minutes because yeah. people then... But I'll tell you something tomorrow, at 43 minutes, unless... You're, you know, a million times lucky and you know, somebody scores on foot. I'll tell you something, <laughs> I, I guarantee you, when people stand up and people start clapping, people yeah. watch this and then yeah. it, it's his thing. <laughs> I, promise, I yeah. promise you, it'll go around the ground tomorrow. And if all yeah. of us do, and everybody watching this does it, but, mate, you, you've, you've told the story tonight and how humbling and how heartbreaking it is. My heart goes out to you, it goes yeah, out to your kids you. and all your family. And the people who yeah. went, £100,000, Hats off to you because you're a bunch of heroes. Yeah. Well, even just the funeral uh, last week, the funeral last Wednesday, the line, the streets, the, there was flowers from from a house about two miles old, hit every other lamppost with sunflowers right away down to the church. There was people lining the streets, clapping. We got out and there was, the fire brigade was there because she she had worked in the fire brigade union for so many years as a, as a manager in the Saint Learning Centre. It was at the church, it was over 500 people at the church and loudspeakers outside. It was absolutely huge. Um, so it, it, it was a great touching, it was hard, but it was really touching to see that people lying the streets and clapping and cheering that, the, the, the fight and the, that, the, what she had put into it all those years and tried just for them, for them kids and for her partner. It, it, everybody's been touched by it, so... The least thing we could do is, is try and try and just give them kids. They could, if we could just on on tomorrow at the game, it'll happen. It'll record happen. that and see that just for them kids to see like that little tribute from the club. I think it would be great from the fans. Absolutely tremendous. Well, look, you know, a lot of people in the chat are saying that. Go on, Mitch. From what you've said about that one thing. I don't think you'd give a monkey's if we scored in 43 minutes and that overtook the emotion. Positively encouraged it. Might try and pull it in the net on 43 minutes or so. Aye, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, 
the other thing is somebody who's dealt with patients with oral cancer, head and neck cancer, yeah. um, both at Sunderland Royal and at James Cook and various former lives that I've had. Um, the one thing that stands out from what you've said is her willingness to share her experience with people going through the same thing. Yeah. And that's invaluable to those of them who yeah, may have made it through the other side when she hasn't. Yeah. Um, because one of the terrifying things for patients going through that is the unknown. Oh, what is this yeah. going to feel like? What is this? What am I going to go through? What what procedures am I going to have to have? Yeah. Um, and to have someone who can come from the point of view of personal experience and put their arms around them metaphorically and in some cases realistically. Yeah. She is, um, she's one of the service to community around the world. If you're talking about a cancer that's that unusual and that rare, mate, she's a hero. And she yeah. deserves everything we can do as a fan base and a family to put together for her if we can. Yeah. No, it's been great. I appreciate it. Like I say, she's she's so brave. She's even Lee's just give us a card there. She's wrote cards out for the band's birthdays and with a message on it. And I, I filled up, started to cry just before this. And he says I should have probably waited until you've come off the screen. But <laughs> well, listen, Kev, it's it's, it's not easy, mate. It's, it's not easy. It's not easy to talk about it, mate. Um, you know, it, but it is good to talk because it helps. And yeah, you know, yeah, memory. Yeah, you've got to talk. Get it out. You have, yeah, one hundred percent, mate. And um, great, great. If you want to. You sound an inspiring lady, and I think you. I think you. You. I can tell how proud you are of her, and I'm oh, sure definitely. the boys and our partner are in exactly the same situation. Um, yeah, because I can, I can feel it from you. I can feel how proud you were of her uh, as a family, as a brother. Um, and it sounds an inspiring lady. I just wish I'd met her. Thank you. Yeah, great stuff, mate. Well, listen, thanks, thanks for coming on, Kev. Thanks, thanks for, for coming. Thanks for coming on, Kev. We will do our bit tomorrow. Let's hope everybody else gets behind it. Thank you. Thanks, thanks to you, guys. All the best. Thanks to the members tomorrow as well. All right. Take care. Bye now. Yeah, uh, you know, we started with uh, some negativity that we've all suffered yeah. at time to time on social media, but things like that put uh, put it all back into perspective. And uh, best of luck to Kev. Make sure you applaud on the 43rd minute. It only, uh, only takes a minute to do that and pay your respects to, to somebody who was quite clearly uh, a lovely lady, an inspirational woman. And do it for the kids. Uh, please do it for the kids uh, tomorrow, folks. Okay, uh, we're going to uh, lighten the mood uh, a little bit now. As you know, we always have uh, uh, Elliot. Uh, given it his joke of the week. I was watching a football match in Japan and at the end all the players started doing karate and kung fu. I said to the man next to me, why are they doing all this? He said, it's two minutes of ninja time. Oh, God. <laughs> Elliot, man. Thanks, Elliot. <laughs> yep, I enjoyed that one. <laughs> Don't forget the food bank t-shirt. Uh, we obviously raise mood for, uh, money for the food bank every week. The Peter Beardsley t-shirt is up for grabs on Twitter. You've got about half an hour to, to bid for that. Simply go to Steve Wraith, uh, my, my own Twitter account, at Steve Wraith, um, and you'll see a pinned post uh, at the top. 
and uh, you just place your bid underneath it. And I tell you, at this moment in time, because I haven't been on live, uh, Mark Byers is up there with one bid, £50. Uh, but that is signed by Peter Beardsley. You've got half an hour to bid. All proceeds go to the food bank, so get yourself on there now. Mitch, let's talk about the awards ceremony, uh, the awards today. Uh, Eddie Howe, Manager of the Month. Uh, player of the month, Miguel Miron. Goal of the month, Miguel Miron. Newcastle clean sweep. What was your thoughts on that? If you want an argument that strengthens anybody who says, "Hey, you just spent lots of money and you got successful," that awards one, two, three sticks two fingers up to that argument in one breath. He's he's come in. He talked about Miggy earlier this season at the start of the season about how he wanted to work on with Bruno, how he wanted him to, to improve. The simple things, he's give and goes. Give and go, but go to a place where people can get you, not just Lionel Messi. You know, and, and we're seeing it. We're seeing it come to fruition. I don't know what kind of relationship he's got with Trippier, but after he scored, um, it, it, it's in James's the other day, when Trippier got hold of him and was speaking in his ear for about 30 seconds after. You know, obviously telling them, look, this, this is what I've told you you can do. You're just doing it now. Um, that goal against Southampton, he wouldn't have scored that last season or the season before. But now he's got the confidence and the belief in himself. And that's come from Eddie Howe. And Eddie Howe's won that managerial award, not on the back of spending money, but on how he's improved all the players around. The money's been spent wisely. Even people are now starting to concede that, actually saying, do you know what? That money was quite well spent, really, wasn't it? Yeah, because they know what they're bloody doing. Um, and, and I think, you know, testimony to Miggy, testimony to Bruno for encouraging everybody to vote for Miggy, saying, look, I'm up for this, but I don't want it. He deserves this. Again, we talked the other day about leaders in the dressing room. That's what a leader does. He says, don't give me the accolades. Give my mates it. These deserve it more than me. There's something special going on at Newcastle United. And if the world doesn't believe that right now, you've got to look at that. I gather the last time that that happened was in 2016, and it was Chelsea. And it was Diego Costa, uh, Conte as manager, and uh, Pedro for goal of this month. They want to win the league. That's the kind of echelons we're now dancing in. Now, I'm not saying we're going to go on and win the league. That's a big, big jump from that. Um, but like I've been saying pretty consistently now, if you take our form over the calendar year and extrapolate it forward, where are we going to go from the position we're in right now? And it's only one way. It's up. Yeah, Man City are the team to catch, but we've shown we don't have anything to fear from them even. We've, we've gone toe-to-toe with them and matched them. We probably should have beat them. Um, and so... Um, it's it's everything about Newcastle United and the good things that are happening there. Those awards are well-deserved, both from the player point of view, and I couldn't be happier for Miggy. And from a, um, a managerial point of view, and I know Eddie Howe's already dedicated it, not just to, to himself, but to his entire backroom staff in the way... He, in a way, that self-effacing way that seems to run through the dressing room that comes from on high, and that again is proper leadership. Um, no matter which way you look at it, and, and, and 
our, our right to be a little bit excited about it. We bloody should be. I think it's just fantastic, and it's testimony to Newcastle United and how we are right now. Steve, great, isn't it, to see success? And um, we haven't even touched on the England stuff. Well, you know, we've got three players going to the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Hard work. That's what they put in. Hard work, leadership, and everybody willing to listen and to work together. I mean, teamwork. When you look at when you look at the way the teams played over the last ten or twelve games, that tells you that the the Eddie Howe deserved to be manager of the month. You just look five wins out of six. You look at you look at Miggy who's on fire. Every goal that he scores seems to be better than the previous one. And the camaraderie and the way that the team are reacting when those ball the ball is going in the back of the net from his left foot. It just it just says everything about the team spirit that we have going through the club. We said at the very beginning of the season that Eddie Howe was unhappy with the fitness levels. He said it was gonna he was gonna rip they were gonna raise the fitness levels. We heard we heard stories coming out of the training camp um that that Eddie was reading the right act. There was players there that were were breathing out of every available hole that they could possibly imagine just to be able to get themselves into into a fitness regime. Um, it was it was purgatory for them. Absolute in fact it was hell, not just purgatory, it was hell for them. Um, and he told them in no uncertain terms that, that they had to they had to really, really uh, graft and make the effort and, and listen and work. And if you weren't willing to be a uh, part of it, then you wouldn't be part of it. It was as simple as that. And uh He's been rewarded. He's been rewarded by his team who are putting performance in after performance. He's been rewarded with the manager of the month, um, Accolade, and uh, deserves it. Absolutely deserves it. But he's part of a team. He's got a backroom team, you know. And, and I think Eddie will probably be the first one to say this award's not just for me, but it's for everyone in that backroom team who gets those players ready for match day. And we've talked about Graham. And we've talked about the rest of them, Graham Jones and, and, and the rest of the, of, the, of the coaching, the physios, the doctors, the nutritionalists, the sports scientists, the guys who put the, 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 the training regimes together, the guys that put the video together. That's what Newcastle United is at the moment. It's a family immersed in the football club. And that's what those photographs are that you see after every win. And, and it, it's, it's, just, it's just fantastic to feel as though... Um, we we are actually witnessing something special at the moment. Um, there's a few people saying that they're they're not happy that we've got the the World Cup break and it's gonna it might it might sort of knock us off uh, off off a little bit. I think it's I think it's the perfect time for Newcastle United to have a break. I think it's a perfect time for us to to recharge our batteries and a perfect time for to to re-engage if you like um, and get that second half of the season up and running even better than the first half seemed because that's what Eddie Howe will be aiming for and that's what they'll all buy into. Keith, great to see. Uh, Rachel says, the treble coming to Newcastle for October, Eddie and Miggy. Um, be good to see a treble coming at the end of the season. I, I think you always talk about give somebody some ingredients and you say what they produce. So you always taste chocolate and judge. You judge at the end, don't you? They always look at the taste. If you look at what Eddie Howe's done, you could look at two lesser players, people like Fraser. You know, that, that, that was a non-entity. All the way through Steve Bruce's era, 
And then when he comes on now, puts a shift in, you know, he grafts. And that, to me, is the measure of the man, what Eddie, what Eddie has done. I think Shah's become a much, much better player. You know, I think he's become a cracking player. But there's three people on Eddie Howe summarise how good he is. He's, he's turned Joe Linton into somebody that when he wasn't playing last week, I was gutted. You know, like when he wasn't playing in midfield, he just thought, shit, we haven't got Joe Linton. He's, he's turned him into an absolute performer. He's, play, he, he, he's, like, he's a man-mount in that midfield. And he just, just his whole way wins the ball back. I think, I think the lad's awesome to watch. Almiron, he's turned him into one of the best players in the league. You can't, you can't get away from that. And, and did I think I would say that last year? Probably not. But, but Almiron now has shown that with the right team, with the right support, with the right coaches, he is up there. He's up there with, you know, and you find out that Man United and Arsenal were bidding on him in the close season. But the lad who I look at Eddie Howe and think you're a genius too, Sean Longstaff. Tread like tread like a little shit last year and the year before. Blackballed, ignored, tread like a dog. And that kid's got a heart as big as a dustbin lid. And he, he's he, the last six games, his work, his rule, he's been outstanding. So to me, you know, some people are saying, oh, Longstaff's not. I tell you what, Longstaff's brilliant and he's done brilliant for Bruno. He's, he's, he's absolutely got him where it's hurted. When he, when he made that goal for Almiron um, down Spurs, that was just typically Sean Longstaff. He gets, he's the one who gets kicked in the middle. He's the one who gets whacked, injured. And I, by God, that header, I wish he'd gone in the other day when he, when he when went over the top. But Eddie Howe, judging by the players, he's been exceptional. When it comes to the goals, Miggies, like all you can see is it could have been one of eight. You know what I mean? He, he, he scored other goals that were equally breathtaking. So I wasn't surprised that to me he was the only man in that competition. It was that Miguel Mayron goal of the month. But when it comes to player of the month, I'd have voted for other people. I'd have voted if Dan Byrne had been in. I think Dan Byrne's been outstanding. I think if Trippier had been in, I'd have voted for Trippier. I'd have voted for Wilson. I'd have voted for Botman. And I'd have voted for Shah. Because I think they've all been bloody brilliant in Newcastle. But Miggy's just been somewhat special. And I think the reason that Bruno showed his class and said vote for him, because he said it, he's having the time of his life. He, he just knew that, you know, like that, that just epitomised what Eddie Howe's created. He's created this selflessness where it's not about you, it's about us. And for Miggy, it's not just the footballer. I think he's humble. I think he's a really likeable footballer. You know, I, my missus watched him. She says, God, he's always smiling, isn't he? You know, he, he just, everybody wants him to do well. But he, he's, he's, he's got unbelievable energy on a football field, even, even when he's chasing the ball. And the, the biggest skill, the biggest trait he has for me is infectious. I think he's the most infectious player we've had at Newcastle for years. You know, where you just look at him and you want the lad to do well. So never, I couldn't be out here than today seeing them all three get them. I'd have been good if they didn't. And the only disappointment about this week is is Byrne not getting to the uh, World Cup. I just think Dan Byrne covering fullback and centre half, I think it was a bit harsh. And and you know, I, I watched Dyer down at Tottenham, he's a liability. I think Maguire's been awesome. And and you just look and think, why is them people getting before Dan Byrne? Because Dan Byrne never lets anybody down. Dan Byrne is like our Brian Kill Klein and Darren Peacock rolled into one. He's brilliant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, good way of describing him. Really, really is. Okay, uh, I know lots of people uh, sit at home or sit in their bedroom, sit at work, uh, craving for the day um, that Steve Hasty won't be featured in the lookalike section. I'm afraid to tell you, today's not the day. Yeah, straight, straight in with Peter Guy, uh, who says, yeah, no boy. point in putting the Halloween mask on. The barnet's a dead giveaway. John from QTech, who claims to be Steve's friend. Um, complete the quiz to get your ultimate Aussie playlist. Uh, he's going down oh, the album route of superimposing. Um, this one, spot the difference and win a tasty, tasty turkey. Good to see Steve cashing in on his flame. Sainsbury's advert. Got to be done. <laughs> Does have to be done. It wouldn't be lookalike uh, without Peter Guy's uh, attempt to be like Albert. <laughs> have, you seen, have you seen the dog on the left? Have you seen the dog? Here. There's Joe. <laughs> Joe, okay. No Joe this week, but he's here in spirit. Uh, this mm -hmm. one, I'm glad we can't play videos in the lookalike section because caused a lot of controversy. Oh, Albert, oh, uh, up to his best God. on uh, yep. social media, uh, caused... <laughs> Hasty and the Shy Benz, Wraith and Patterson. Yeah, uh, definitely need his hard drive checking that. Needless God. to say, I stopped that before it became too obvious what was going on. Uh, this one was just from Tim Kens. Uh, Steve Hasty at the top there, uh, as you can quite clearly see. Uh, this one, a bit different from Jacob. He says, I was making a cup of tea. I look up and there's Hasty watching me. <laughs> <laughs> And this one. Uh, Paul says, firstly, what was Steve Hasty doing flipping burgers in Southampton at the weekend? Secondly, he needs to have a word with his sign writer. Hasty Tasty. He answered his own question in number one. What was he doing flipping burgers? He was flipping burgers. <laughs> All right. Um, as we know, uh, Tom Dixon does like to follow Albert's footsteps. He, he's, he's, put Keith, he's put Keith, though, this time uh, on the reface app. Um, getting back to Hasty, we're getting back to Hasty. There we go. Uh, Darren says, Air Supply, also known as the Steve Hasty Twins. Oh, what the hell? Lord. Air Supply, Steve, that's a new one. That's, uh, that's a new one. one. Well. It's a new one, in, a new one and an old one. <laughs> it's a new one and an old one. Uh, Mr. Hasty debating about Shelby. And now we'll go full effect. Oh. Albert, here's the pooch matchup. Matchup. <laughs> oh, Christ, he's dying. Oh, my God. Hold on, Keith, there's some better ones. Just put, push your lung back in, Keith. Push your lung back <laughs> no. in, mate. Steve Hasty, that is. But I don't know whether we're looking at the back end or the front end there, Steve. Uh, this, one's, this one's clearly an all round job. And Sam Timmerfield says Steve Hasty looks chuffed with our win. Yeah. I love the dogs. This, this show should be sponsored. I love Mark. the dogs. <laughs> Mark, <laughs> Mark chuck these ones in. The bottom one is a ringer. That's like you, Hasty. It's not a ringer. I'm a boy. You're on a boat. A ringer. I love the dogs. You know what? This is good. This is his version of Wonky Donkey, this. Yes, there he is. Have a word with Latin Tech. See if we can do Wonky Donkey. We'll do Wonky Doggy. 
know what I want like you with it. Um, this one, John Justice Allen again. Didn't know we did hasty key rings. Um, <laughs> another one from Devil Dog. I uh, didn't know Steve Hasty was a secret Villa fan. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I think I'd be more offended by that, mate. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mark said this one. We've now got horses. <laughs> horses now? Horses now. And I promise, Steve, this is the last one. A vast variety of things that look like Steve Hasty. Anyway, moving on. Uh, this looks like Mitch, says Sean. <laughs> Maybe someone was 14. <laughs> I'm really not sure sometimes where these lookalikes come from. Okay, here we go. Into the serious ones. Jacob says, It was nice to see Harry Kane attending Faith wow, Dingle's funeral what a in, in Emmerdale. What a ringer. Pretty oh, good. We can see that one. That was a good one. And this one Ooh. from Jacob. I see uh, official Chris Wood has an acting career off the pitch. <laughs> I, I, I've got to be honest, I looked at that a few times and I'm not quite sure I could see I it, but never mind. Can't see it. No, I couldn't either. Uh, how about this for two lookalike? Craig Gordon and David Platt from Coronation Street. Uh, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. No. And this one, uh, lookalike Paul Logan and Chris Wood. Yeah. Mm. Logan that. Paul, isn't it? Ah, yeah. We're getting, a, we're getting a lot of um, we're getting a lot of Chris Wood now. That's because he's starting to bang them in. Two and two. Yeah. Malcolm was saying a penalty doesn't count in a penalty shootout. Still what? two goals. Still two goals, Malcolm. Best penalty of the night. Oh, is that Bernard Breslau and Liam Kennedy? <laughs> <laughs> Liam will be making a guest appearance before uh, the end of the year, folks. He is going to come back on. Uh, well done. Uh, well, doing shopping like this sounds fun for a second there. I thought it was Keith. I'm not sure which one he means. <laughs> I'm not sure which one he means. Uh, I really don't. I don't oh, I've got no idea, mate. This one was good uh, from Tom Dixon, Mesut Ozil and Buster Keaton. Yeah. <laughs> Very good, uh, Tom. And this one... Uh, Courtois <laughs> and Sam the Eagle. <laughs> very, very good. We've got a couple of these, so I'll, I'll show them. Wayne Bennett. Um, I love yeah, that one. That, 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 that's been doing the rounds. A couple of people sent that one in. Uh, that one as well from David Shepard. Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, this one, um, Sam Chipperfield. When did Keith get them tattoos? Yeah, lad, he's giving me some stick today, big Sam. Giving you some sticks, son. Look at Leggy, Miggy, and the guy off Maths. Oh, that is yeah. good. I didn't know. I didn't know what maths was, but thank you for Ma that. Married at first sight. Ah, right. Okay, Miggy again. That's the <laughs> some kind of spaghetti bolognese advert guy and Miggy. Uh, this one from Albert, uh, loving Keith's Christmas calendar picture. So he didn't have to. He didn't have to swap my head neither. Just did a full frontal. He says it's a funny place to defrost a turkey, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's what I'm like. That's what that's what I'm like under here. And Jimmy Moore said James Corden was a Newcastle. Didn't realise he was a Newcastle fan. We've had that a few times. For real, lad. That for real, lad. In the, on the Fair NUFC, point. he is. Uh, this one, um, I've bonked five hundred women by saying I'm Mick Hucknell. Oh, Steve, Christ. you little minx, says Milburn. <laughs> <laughs> and. And this one, Darryl O'Brien. Uh, this Newcastle team is even more fun to watch when you realise that Miguel Almiron is actually Ernest Borgnine. <laughs> Young one. <laughs> yes. And this one from Tim. Uh, Rain Wilson from US The Office and Toon uh, Scout's son. Uh, yes, uh, uh, Alan Carr and Jimmy Carr and Jerry O'Connell. Thanks, Tim. 
Yeah. Uh, look like eat the Geordie dentist in a random bit of course brain. <laughs> From Stephen Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, keep an eye out for them. keep an eye out for them photographers, Mitch. Uh, two look like actor Hugh James and Fabian Cher. Oh, that is good. That into the that's in the third place from Peter. Second place. Here's a look like guys, a friend of mine, and a fellow YouTuber called Luca on the left, and some random guy at a football match on the right. The guy even had a red and white scarf on. <laughs> Good one. Okay, the winner this week. Yeah. Winner this week, and gotta be honest, I personally, I I just thought of this, and then I got this message on Facebook. Nikki, uh, thank you for this. Bruno, our hero, and Owen Warner from Hollyoaks, who's currently in the jungle. They what? are very, very alike. Do you think? Ah, I can see where he's come from. Yeah, aye. Very, very he's alike. Yeah, Glasses definitely. going on down there, I, I think them dogs are closer. Them dogs that, that mop. The dogs are closer. Okay, that uh, that's uh, that's yellow for Luca Lightly this week. Keep them coming in, but they've got to be into us by Tuesday. Okay, 600 watching. As I always say, we never take your support for granted. Thanks very much for tuning in, guys. Much appreciated. Uh, please hit the like button, the little thumb downstairs. Uh, 160 of you have done it, the 600 watching. Uh, you can do it on your TV. Uh, just follow the guide. John and uh, John from QTech will tell you how to do it um, on your TV. But please just hit the like button. It costs you nothing. It's free. Um, and it does help the algorithm and it helps us grow. There's Suki again. He's back. Uh, John from QTech also... Uh, does his quiz. Uh, 16th of October 1929 was your first clue. Your clue this week is 1958 to 1962. So there's your first two clues. You've got two more and then you'll get a question and the first person in the chat will win a prize. Okay. Uh, it is time to look ahead to Newcastle United's next game, the final game before the World Cup. It's a 5.30 kickoff against Chelsea at home, live on Sky Sports. The match is sold out. We're going into this game in search of our fifth consecutive Premier League victory and looking to extend our unbeaten run in all competitions to 11 games. We haven't lost in eight Premier League games. Seven of them during the current season, uh, they, uh, we've won each of the last three. Isaac Hayden um, headed the only goal of the game at St James's Park in January 2020. Newcastle have lost all four of the Premier League meetings with Chelsea without scoring a single goal. Uh, that sequence of events uh, and defeats, uh, incidentally, is the worst that we've endured at their hands in the league since losing six in a row in the first division between 57 and 58, thanks to NUFC.com for those facts. Pre-match, Supermac will be at the Dog and Parrot at three. Uh, after the match, it'll be Gibbo at 8.15. Pumphreys, though, you will see John Anderson and Gibbo at three o'clock pre-match. Uh, Callum Wilson is a major doubt for tomorrow. Uh, he's still a little bit ill, despite being called up for the World Cup. He's at Richie Dummett or all out. Ryan Fraser's a doubt. He missed the game in midweek. Fabian Scher is one booking away from an automatic one-game ban. As for Chelsea, N'Golo Kante, Ben Chilwell um, and Ariza Balaga, Rhys James, Wesley Fafana and Chuck Wamika. You think they do these to, to make it difficult for me, don't you? All miss out. Uh, Jorginho is set to return, though. Uh, Graham Potter is bringing Chelsea uh, to St James's Park for the first time, having won one, drawn one and lost the other uh, of his three visits when he was manager of Brighton. Uh, away games this season, well, 
The Blues have won at Everton, 1-0, and Crystal Palace 2-1, and Aston Villa 2-0. They've drawn at Brentford 0-0, they lost at Leeds 3-0. Uh, Southampton, they lost 2-1. And Brighton, they lost 4-1. Aubameyang, a uh, former Arsenal player, well, he scored on his last two appearances at James Park for Arsenal and has scored six goals in total against the Magpies. And uh, referee tomorrow is Robert Jones. It's the first game uh, of the season that we've had him. Uh, the last time he was seen uh, was the 3-3 home draw with Brentford, which was a year ago, which was, of course, the game that Eddie Howe had COVID on VAR, which has done us more favours than bad turns this season, is Andy Maidley. OK, uh, as always, uh, we have Toon Stato to give you a little bit of a heads up on what we can expect. See the last game before the World Cup at St. James's Park tomorrow. We are third in the table and we lose to Chelsea, where we have lost the last four games without scoring a goal. And it's our worst run against them since the 50s, when back in 57 and 58, they won six times consecutively against us. Uh, today, Eddie Howe won Manager of the Month, Miggy Almiron won Player of the Month and Go of the Month. And it's only the fourth time that this happens, that our player and uh, our manager win the player of the month in the same month. First time was back in August 95, King Kevin Keegan and David Ginola. Then October 2003, Sir Bobby Robson and Alan Shearer. And the last time it happened was November 2013, with Tim Crew and Alan Pardew in charge, both winning the awards of the month. Back to the game against Chelsea, Newcastle are unbeaten in the last eight in the Premier League, one from the last season against Arsenal and seven in the current season. And overall this season we are unbeaten in 10 in all competitions, so let's see if we can make it 11 on Saturday. See you at the game, it's been a fantastic year. Newcastle so far have 19 wins in the calendar year in the Premier League. Still one away from the record in the current century back in 2002 when we won 20. And let's hope we finish unbeaten what has been an amazing, an amazing year. Cheers, guys. Great stuff, uh, as always, from Toon Stato. Look forward to getting his uh, uh, next video um, later on uh, in December. Okay, Mitch, uh, dice if you've got them and uh, your own predictions. Yep. How, how do you see it going? It's interesting. Within the, the stats you're both talking about, Chelsea are capable of a capitulation this season. Now, when I saw them appoint Potter, I think that on one of the shows, it might have been here, it might have been Jordy's here, Jordy's there. I said if he didn't get it right, they'd have him out by Christmas. I didn't even think that we would be the last team we played before Christmas. And I tell you what, if we bang them away tomorrow, I think Potter's in trouble. Genuinely do. Um, the other factor is people going to the World Cup. How many of their players are looking at World Cup selection thinking... Don't fancy picking up an injury tomorrow, mind. Whereas I, I, I can't see that mindset getting into our squad, but I can with theirs. They, they, they got hammered at Leeds. They, they, they were terrible against Brighton. Um, they've got a capitulation in them, and I think if we get on top of them and, and hassle them and do the do the basic things we've been doing all season, right alongside the work rate, um, I think we'll do something special tomorrow. I think we're going to do them too now. Okay, Steve, what's your thoughts on the game? 
Do you want, do you want two? Oh, yeah, go over the dice, mate. Go over the dice. Yeah, go over the dice. And Sooty says... <laughs> a penman. Penman 3-1. Very good. Okay, Steve, your thoughts, mate. Uh, I have to agree with Mitch. Dear me, absolutely nailed it there. Nailed it with Potter. I think nailed it with the uh, with the way that Chelsea uh, have been playing. Um, the pressure that they're under. Um, it's something new to them. They, they they seem like a team that just don't have any coherence about them. They they, they seem disjointed. There's players playing out of position. They, they don't seem to be to be gelling in the way that that, that you would have expected a Chelsea team to do. Um, they seem worse now than they did under their previous manager that they got rid of. Um, their performances are very, very poor, uh, and that I makes me agree entirely with Mitch on the on the pressure that that Potter's under. We also, of course, their fans are not very happy with what they what they're witnessing, and when when supporters start to to get ruffled, um, you know that's always a, a little bit of added pressure, isn't it? Um, but this is Newcastle United they're playing, and will will they fold under the pressure of the of a fifty two thousand being crowd at half past five? Who've been on the drink since eleven? Uh, that's the first thing that we've got to, we've got to envisage. Um, it's going to be a great atmosphere um, under the lights from kick off, nice and dark. Um, not quite an evening game, but not quite a, a, a lunchtime or an afternoon game. Um, just adds the excitement. Um, will Wilson be fit? I think we're all waiting for that. What will he do if he's not? Probably play Chris Wood. Um, I I was going to go for a penman. I was going to go for a three-one. Um, I think Keith and I have got it right over the last two games, haven't we? In terms of scores that we did, we didn't get it right last week, um, but we've been doing quite well. And I'm going to go for a penman. So I'm 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 siding with Mitch. I'm siding with Mitch. I, I, I'm, I'm, let's see what Keith says. Keith, um, I'd be more worried if. Tuchel was bringing them back tomorrow. If 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 it'd be playing against them, I think I'd have been more nervous. Um, I think this lad's come in, and I just don't think he's got the full back, and I don't think he's the. I, I'm going to say something which is going to shock you. I remember when house signed. I remember even when we stayed up, and people says, "Oh, we needed some people said we need to go and get a proper manager, and we need to get a big manager." And a lot of people thought that he wasn't the fancy name they expected. Mm-hmm. But you know, you look at how. And he's right up there. And I don't think they're going to give this lad, who is a good manager, I don't think they're going to give him the time. And I think Neil hit it on the head. Neil said he might not get the Christmas. And, and, and in fairness to Neil's prediction, you forget that big stretch from October to Christmas. You know, you forget this like six weeks, seven weeks missing. So, so really, had the season gone on as a normal season and we had October, you know, sorry, November, December games, I think Mitch is, would have. I think you know. I think his surprise and prediction would have come true. I do. I think. I think it's. I think Todd Bowley's got delusions. I think he's, he's a nutcase. I think he's. Just cannon. I, I think. Just I, think he is. I think he's. I think he's a you know crazy, crazy idealist, and um, he doesn't stop and think of how much money we have and how established and how much profit Man City is making. So you look at Chelsea tomorrow. They come to Newcastle, and. I really do fancy us to win, but um, I, I'd I'd pray that, that that we would come go into the the World Cup in a, in the last sixteen of a cup 
and in third place. And when I saw the side picked for Wednesday night, I went, oh, hell. And right through that game, I found it in my backside. I was twitching like a shed button. And uh, I, I, I was terrified that they were going to get turned over. And even the penalties, I thought, oh, here we go. So to get through that, to scrape through that game, on, which we did do on, on Wednesday night, we've got Chelsea tomorrow. And I only see three points. I just, you know, And I think draws and getting beat off Chelsea is not in the reckoning. Uh, but I think they will come fighting. When I see here ordered by Young, I think Botman, he'll, he'll give him a new arsehole. Um, I, I think I think Newcastle are just a different... I think I honestly think Newcastle are a better culture and squad, but I still just think it's going to be 2-1. I think 2-1's the... And, and I think... I, I can well see what Neil and them saying will go 2-0 up, but I can see them, you know, getting a goal or I can see, you know, them scoring first or something, but I... I I don't see anything but two-one win for Newcastle, and 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 us going to the World Cup in third. We signed two players minimum in January, and I honestly think that we'll, we'll get Champions League this season. Yeah, one hundred percent, mate. I'm going with a two-one win as well. Uh, I think it's just great to be able to get into this stage of the season and just go, wow, you know, we're all we're all being positive. Everyone's expecting uh, great things. There'll be bumps in the road, I'm sure there will be. But look, let's just enjoy it. Let's let's finish this part of the season on a high. We're into the quarterfinals of the cup. We've got a great draw at home against Bournemouth. Uh, things are looking good. Things are looking black and white. Those of you who tuned in to Gibbo and Supermac last night, by the way, you will have heard John Gibson utter those immortal lines. <laughs> I've cancelled dying. Uh, John has turned it into a T-shirt. Uh, we're going to give one away uh, for the food bank uh, for next week. Uh, John has asked for us to mass produce these and he's going to give it a spin in the Chronicle, apparently. Uh, but he's cancelled dying because he wants to see Newcastle win another trophy. Fantastic. Um, it's a great line. It's a great T-shirt. We'll put one of them up for up for grabs this week on on my social media at Steve Wraith. I'll put it up uh, later tonight. Uh, get bidding on it, um, and uh, it'll be a couple of weeks before the winner of that uh, is announced. Because obviously next week's show will not be live. We're pre-recording it on Tuesday, so get all your lookalikes and stuff in by Tuesday to us. Have a great weekend. A big thanks to Mitch, to Steve, to Keith, to everybody who's a moderator. Thanks to Andre for sending the video in. We're sending our love to Joe Walker, Toon Tipster. We will see you very soon, mate. Hopefully bump into you at the match tomorrow. And uh, have a great weekend. Take care, guys. All the best. Cheers. Night, Cheers, everyone. A big thanks to all our sponsors, starting with Skips and Bins. Telephone 0800 25 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Uh, thanks to Darren Baldwin Funerals. You can find them at 304 Old Durham Road on Gateshead. Uh, telephone 0191-478-273 or email Darren at darrenbaldwinfunerals.co.uk or the website darrenbaldwinfunerals.co.uk. Thanks to Garden of Healing Dispensary, CBD Hemp and Cannabinoid Specialists. Their website is thegohd.com. And thanks to Three Property Investments, who specialise in sourcing investment properties for their clients who are looking to invest in the Northeast. They offer a full in-house service from sourcing the deals to managing the properties for you. They've done over 100 plus deals in the past 12 months for clients all over the UK. Give the guys a follow on Instagram, matty.patter underscore northeast property and phil.read underscore northeast property. Or email phil at threeproperty.co.uk should you be interested in getting a good 
property deal. Thanks to Mr. Vicky's sources, which are handmade in Cumbria. You can order them by going to the website, mrvickys.co.uk, or by calling 01768 210102. Thanks to the guys at Blue Hole Brewery. You can find them at blueholebrewery.co.uk. Got a vast range of beers. They're a new brewery company, uh, and their cans are suitably uh, addressed like the Geordie Juicier in the strips of Newcastle United from the 90s. Big thank you to Media Arts for all the help with the video side of things and aqtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls and Newcastle and the guys who run our website. If you want to subscribe, then hit the subscription button. If you want to hit the likes, then hit the thumb up and please share your uh, social media. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes and Spotify and the rest goes up 24 hours after the show has finished. If you want to join, well, you can click join underneath the video and become a member for a small fee. If you want to pay the £25 fee and get a cup, a pen, a scarf, a membership card and entry into the monthly draw, then go to the website nufcmatters.com and click membership or use your smartphone on the QR code, which will take you straight there. We also give you a free car sticker. If you're a subscriber, simply email john at nufcmatters.com to claim your free car window sticker today. We also support the food bank on here. NUFCfansfoodbank.co.uk is where you can find the match day bucket and make a virtual donation 365 days of the year. We still do a lot of events in and around the region. If you want to see Super Mac pre-match and after match, you can go to the Dog and Parrot in Newcastle and uh, hear Malcolm give his views on the uh, game and uh, and listen to what he has to say about his career as well. Always a great afternoon. Kids are welcome. Good food, good beer. And get yourself into Pumphreys. Uh, you can always see John Anderson and John Gibson in there pre-match on the cloth market in Newcastle. A couple of events coming up in 2023, an evening with Peter Beardsley, Friday the 10th of February at St. Dom's Catholic Club. You can get the tickets direct from the venue. And Peter Beardsley is also at the Tyneside Irish Centre on Friday, February the 17th. Tickets available from Woucher for that one. Get yourself on the Woucher, make a cracking Christmas present for any Newcastle fan. Also, an evening with Rob Lee, Lee Clark and John Beresford, Friday the 2nd of June 2023 at the Grand Hotel in Gosforth. Uh, tickets for that are available from www.healandtour.org.uk forward slash events. And if you fancy a Christmas jumper, get the Bruno Christmas jumper from nufcmatters.com. Okay, okay, I forgot. I don't.